Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to see all of you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we move into um, this final week of X Factor and my final message, I wanted to take uh, a moment this morning to give you an update on uh, Kelly and an update on where we are with our health battle. Um, For those who maybe have joined us in the last 10 months or so, uh, you may not be aware that Kelly was diagnosed in December of 2020 with advanced stage cancer, uh, metastatic breast cancer that has spread throughout her body and her bones. And um, we this past week have had a battery of different tests done again. The oncologist wanted to do a a new run of PET scans to see where we were. and we had all the testing finally come back. The last uh, test, blood test, came back on Friday, and we heard from the oncologist, and she uh, confirmed what we all suspected, and that is that the cancer is spreading throughout her body in every spot of her bones. Uh, it showed growth and spread. Um, I can tell you it's not what we wanted to hear. Um, certainly, we are disappointed uh, in the response, the results. So the oncologist now is wanting to shift to a plan B in treatment. And so we uh, have felt a peace about that and we're gonna be moving to a new kind of regimen of treatment, uh, hopefully starting before Thanksgiving and trusting the Lord in that. I know that many of you have, again, wondered and many of you are praying and we would just say, please keep praying. And pray with us uh, for two things particularly. One, that this uh, treatment will be effective, that we'll see good response uh, in her body. And then secondly, that her body will tolerate well this treatment because uh, we obviously are concerned about uh, moving to a new treatment plan that has uh, maybe more harsh side effects and yet we're trusting God in all of that. So you might wonder, like, where are we this morning uh, kind of emotionally in all this? And I can tell you that we are disappointed but we feel hopeful and we feel held in God's love. And I represent Kelly when I share that with you, that we feel a deep sense of God's peace and God's love in this, even as we walk through our own darkness and our disappointment in it. And so thank you for your love and thank you for holding us in your love because we feel it, we sense it. It has buoyed us throughout this experience. We have felt it and we're just so, so grateful. Thank you all. So this morning, uh, we we come to our final week of X Factor. Um, We started this on September the 26th, and uh, it's been amazing what God has done. And I want to, before we move into this final week, I want to give a shout out this morning to our virtual congregation. Will you you join me in, in, in applause and welcoming our virtual congregation who are joining us today? Now... Many of these people that are part of our digital congregation, they attend our service faithfully, and they support our church financially. And I want you all to know that are joining us today on this live stream broadcast, we see you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And we want you to know that we look forward to getting better acquainted with those that are newer uh, to our virtual community and congregation. I got a, I got a text this past week from someone uh, at our church who has not yet returned in person, but informed me that after the first of the year, they intend to come back uh, and begin worshiping with us again in person. And it was really encouraging to hear that from this couple. And I want to just say for all those who are are joining us virtually that have gotten used to having church in your pajamas, 
Maybe a good New Year's resolution would be to give in person a try. Listen, if dress is keeping you from joining us in person, we want you to know that we are a no-judgment church. You can come in your pajamas if you would like, okay? No judgment here, okay? We'll even brew your first cup of coffee for you in the morning, right? We'll take care of that. So we hope that you will join us. We'd love to get to know you. We want to meet some new friends that are here that we know are part of our congregation, but we've, we've not yet had a chance to even put a face with a name, and we know the Lord will enable us to do that. So by way of reminder in this series, before we move into this final week, I want to just talk about where we've come and what we have learned so far about the Holy Spirit, the X Factor. Hasn't it been rich to hear all of the ways the Holy Spirit is for us? So the X Factor, this term X Factor, uh, refers to a circumstance, a quality, or in this case, a person with a powerful but unpredictable influence. Jesus promised us the X factor. He said, actually, that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you to give you an advantage. And our theme verse that we've been using is John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse number 7, from the Amplified. Here it is. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper... Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you. Now, the English language uses the term helper, and it's like the best term that the English language could use for the Holy Spirit. But it does not capture the depth and the essence of that word in the Greek language. So I like what the Amplified does here. The Amplified actually gives us different ways in which that term helper is translated throughout the New Testament. And we've been talking about these six ways over the last number of weekends. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He is our wrap around God. When you think about the Holy Spirit, think weighted blanket, think comforter, right? He's the one who wraps around us. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He is the one who champions and supports those who are vulnerable and those who are in need. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He is the go-between God, filling the space between us and God and filling the space between me and you. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings us together. The Holy Spirit is our strengthener. He is the one that helps us and holds us in our weakness. And I feel that this morning. I come to you this morning much like Paul came to his churches. He said, I'm not coming in strength, I'm coming in weakness. And I feel that weakness today, even as I stand here. The Holy Spirit is our strengthener. The Holy Spirit is our standby, and it's perhaps one of the most beautiful words that can be used because the Greek word is paraclete, which means one who stands back to back with us in battle. So that when we are in battle... We can know that we have a shield and a defense around us with the help of the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. 
Now this morning, we're going to unpack the one final word that is here. And the final word that we're going to unpack today is the word counselor. The Holy Spirit provides us extraordinary insight. As our counselor, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us know things that we would otherwise not know. In fact, there are things we just simply cannot know without the help of extraordinary insight, without the help of the Holy Spirit. So here's today's big idea that we're going to unpack. The, the Holy Spirit helps us to know ourselves more accurately, to know God more perfectly, so that we can face our future more confidently. The Holy Spirit helps me know myself more accurately and know God more perfectly, which enables me to face my future more confidently. Here's what I have learned in my life and my journey with Christ. The way in which I see and know myself impacts the degree to which I can see and know God accurately. And the opposite is equally true. The way that I see and know God impacts the degree to which I can see and know myself accurately. Listen, we are created in the image of God. Knowing God and knowing ourselves are deeply connected and enmeshed. If we do not know God accurately and more perfectly, we then cannot see ourselves and know ourselves the way God wants us to see ourselves. So who do we need? We need the helper. Jesus knew that we would struggle with this one. We would struggle to see ourselves accurately and we would certainly struggle to know God more perfectly without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit comes along and the first thing the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit helps me to know myself more accurately. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Aramaic Abba, an intimate term for God, Abba Father. Now notice what it says. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. A.W. Tozer said that the most important thing about us is what comes to our mind when we think of God. I believe that to be true. And if that is true, then I would su suggest to you that the second most important thing about us is what comes to our mind when we think of ourselves. So let me ask you a question this morning. What is the first thing that you think about when you think of yourself? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? If we're honest, 
For most of us, the first thing that comes to our mind is not, I am God's beloved child. That's not the first thing. For most of us, the first thing that comes to our mind is not, I'm God's beloved daughter. I'm God's beloved son. But the reality is, that is who we are. We are God's beloved children. And let me tell you why this matters and what the scripture teaches here. The scripture teaches that it is the helper, the Holy Spirit, that affirms to our hearts and to our spirit that we are God's children. I I know there are people sitting here and joining us virtually today that cannot even wrap their minds around this. You do not even believe and see yourself as God's beloved child. That God adores you. That you are the apple of God's eye. That when God thinks of you, God is pouring out deep love upon you, not based on your most recent behavior, but based on Calvary and what he did for you. He loves you. And we need the affirmation of the Holy Spirit. So this past year, about six months ago, actually, we legally adopted our first granddaughter. We didn't do it. Our daughter did it and son-in-law, but we feel like we were part of it. And what's so interesting about this is they had Emma for six months in their home as their daughter before it was legally affirmed. But six months ago, we went before a judge as a family. And virtually through Zoom, the judge heard the case. The judge heard the story. And the judge did something. The judge adjudicated. And the judge says, I'm affirming that this child is now your child. This child is now a Mueller. Listen, it is God's spirit that bears witness with our spirit that affirms to us that we belong to God. We will not get there by our own reasoning, our own logic. We gotta have the work of the Holy Spirit to affirm that. And let me tell you why this matters. Let me tell you why this is so important. If you begin with a distorted view of yourself, you will always have a distorted view of God. If we do not begin at the right place when we see ourselves, if we don't know ourselves rightly, we're going to find it really difficult. God will always be an abstract idea, but we'll never really know God perfectly, more perfectly than we could. So it's the help of the Holy Spirit that comes into our life and helps us do this. Helps us then to affirm that we are God's children. Because the more that we can align and calibrate the view of ourselves to what God says about us, and here's the clincher, and agree with him that it's true, the more perfectly we see ourselves, the more accurately we see ourselves, and the more accurately we see God. The clincher is agreeing with God that it's true. We can say, this is what God says about me, but is it affirmed? Is it cinched in your heart? Do you know by the spirit of God that this is who you are? And do you live your life from that point forward? For many years, I did not. For many years, while I was a Christian, while I was fully saved, 
I was certainly not living free the way God wanted me to. And I was not living with this idea of leading the way that, that I am God's beloved child. I'm God's beloved son. And the Lord's grace has had to step into that in my life and help me begin to see myself more accurately and know myself more accurately. So Paul the apostle writes a letter to a church that he founded, and it's actually, I think, probably one of the churches that was most in his heart. And one of his early church plans was this particular church. He actually writes this letter, two of them, but he writes his first letter to this church to really remind them of who they are and whose they are. This particular church, on the surface, was very spiritually mature, but they were limited by their emotional immaturity. They had the gifts of the Spirit operating, but they were devoid of the fruit of the Spirit. No love, none of what God wants there to be leading the way was leading the way. And so it's all flash in the pan. It's all noisy gongs, clanging cymbals. You're just making a lot of noise, but you're really not living the way that I have designed you to live. So, so Paul writes this letter to actually straighten out their thinking. This was a church that was plagued with problems. And what Paul does is he starts by saying, I know the real issue behind your problem. And the real issue is you do not see yourself accurately. You don't know who you are. So he reminds them. He opens his letter. The second verse of his letter, he says, you are saints called, called by God. You're saints by calling. He goes on to tell them, you are God's cherished possessions. He says, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who now lives within you. Get your mind around this one, right? But none of those things were the way they were living. They were not living as saints. They were living as pagans in many ways. They were not treating each other as God's cherished possession. They were treating each other as disposable commodities. They were not honoring and protecting the temple of the Holy Spirit. No, the things that were going in the temple and out of the temple were desecrating them. It was, it was actually pretty painful for Paul. And Paul writes to them and he says to them, listen, I want you to know who you are. I want you to see yourself accurately. And here's why this is important, friends. Because like the Corinthians... If we try to live the new life in Christ through our old ways of thinking, our old patterns, our old habits, our old scripts, sin will almost always win the day. We cannot live the new life in Christ. We have been made new in Christ, but we can't live that new life in old ways, with old patterns and old ways of thinking. And just doing what we saw in our family of origin, because that's what we learned. No, we need God to reparent us so that we can learn how to be in God's family, how to live as beloved sons and beloved daughters, how we can see ourselves accurately so that we can see each other the way God sees each other. The Holy Spirit's the helper in this. And the Holy Spirit helps me to know myself more accurately so that secondly, 
the Holy Spirit can help me to know God more perfectly. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians in the second chapter, verse number 12, here's what Paul says. We have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Paul almost echoes what he says to Romans in the book of Romans. He says, we have not received a spirit of the world. No, we've received the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit doing? Notice this. He is showing us, revealing to us the wonderful things that God has already freely given to us. And so the question this morning is, what are these wonderful things that God has freely given to us that we cannot know without the helper, without the extraordinary insight of the Holy Spirit? Well, there's actually a couple of them that Paul talks about. The first one is that the Holy Spirit reveals God's heart for us. The Holy Spirit reveals God's heart for us. Verse number nine and the first part of verse number 10 in 1 Corinthians chapter two, here's what Paul writes. He takes a quote from the Old Testament. And he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. End of quote. Now notice what Paul adds. But it was to us. But it was to us that God revealed these things by the Holy Spirit. You know what Paul's saying here? Here's what Paul's saying. You do not have to wait until heaven to experience heaven. You don't have to wait until you die to experience all of the things that God has prepared for you. We tend to divide our lives between life on earth and life after death. That's a colossal mistake. Your life in God is one seamless flow. You are living a portion of that life here on the earth, but you're gonna live the most important portion of that life in God after death. We've gotta understand this, friends, because if we split these two things, that I live here and then I live there, there's the here and now and then there's the then and there, we do, do damage to what God's word teaches. God's word teaches that life in God is to be experienced right now. You can have a taste of heaven right here on earth. You can have a taste of heaven even while you're experiencing your darkest moments. You can see God and you can sense his love and you can get all of the things that God has prepared for you that your eye can't see, your ear can't hear. It hasn't entered into your heart, but the Holy Spirit brings it to bear when you need it most. And we don't have to wait until our death to experience that. All of these wonderful things God's already made available to us. He's revealed them to us. Now, how does he do this? How does the Holy Spirit reveal them? Well, the Bible tells us that the latter part of verse number 10, 
It says, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. The word could be translated mysteries. Could be translated mysteries. God is the one who is searching and showing. The Holy Spirit does not play hide and seek with us. But the Holy Spirit does do show and tell. He, he is searching and he is showing to us every day that we live, if we'll just look for it, we'll begin to understand all that God has prepared for those who love him. It's the same word that actually appears in the, in the verse we looked at last weekend from Romans chapter 8, verse 27, where it says the Holy Spirit searches our hearts. Same word. The Holy Spirit's examining. The Holy Spirit is actually investigating. And what's he investigating? He's searching out all the mysteries of God and he then is showing them to us. He does something more, verse number 11. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. You are a body, you have a soul, you also have a spirit. There are things you know about yourself, your spirit knows that I will never know. There are things about me you will never know. And equally, there are so many things about God that we can never know if it were not for the Holy Spirit searching and showing and knowing. Now, this word know in the Greek is an interesting word because there's two different Greek words that are actually used for the word know, K-N-O-W. The first word in the Greek that's used is a word that means intellectual knowledge. The second word means to know intimately by relationship and personal experience. That's the word Paul uses here. Paul says the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. Not just intellectually, he knows the thoughts of God intimately. Why? Because he has relationship, direct contact with God. As God, he knows everything about God. He knows everything about the Father. He knows everything about the Son. And it is the Holy Spirit that brings them to us. He searches, he knows, he shows. So I often have had people reach out to me for references for this, that, or the other thing. And many times on a reference form, one of the questions will be, how well do you know the applicant? And then it'll give you options. Do you know the applicant socially? Do you know the applicant casually? Do you know the applicant professionally? Or do you know the applicant personally? In other words, are you in personal relationship? with that individual. When the Bible says that the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God, he's saying, I know him personally. And I'm bringing those things to you to bear in your life. Now, now here's what Paul goes on to say. 
This is really, really interesting. Verse 13. Can we go back? I think verse number 12 is the one that I'm looking for. I think it's the previous one. We may not have it in here, but I think let me just say this to you. There are, what, what the Lord does is the Lord by his spirit is revealing things to us that we can't know. And then he goes on to say this. He goes on to say that there are things that those who are not spiritual cannot know because they are spiritually appraised. They can't understand them. They cannot know them. They cannot see them because they are spiritually appraised. In fact, Paul says in this chapter, he says, those things are foolishness to them. Now, what are these truths that Paul's talking about that people who do not have the Holy Spirit cannot see? These are the truths. The truths that you are a saint. The truth that you are God's cherished possession. God's truth that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Those things seem foolish, don't they? We can't even comprehend those things, but it's the Holy Spirit that enters in and helps us to begin to understand them. For what reason? So that you and I actually can begin to understand what it is God wants to do. Verse 13, Paul says this. We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Holy Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. The Holy Spirit reveals God to us so that he can reveal God through us. That's the purpose. Why does he want us to know who God is, everything about God and how God feels about us? Because he wants God to be seen in us and through us in the way that we live out our lives. And one of the most important ways and times that people see God is when we're going through times that are less than ideal. It's easy to let people see God when everything's going your way. You ever see these posts on Facebook? Somebody just bought this beautiful mansion of a home and they said, God has just so blessed me. Like the person who's living in a slum isn't blessed by God. Or a person where a tornado rips through their community, but their house was untouched. God blessed them. But does that mean the person that lost their house isn't equally blessed? I don't believe it to be true. I believe you can be going through the darkest, hardest time in your life and still be fully blessed by God. You can be filled with God's love and filled with all that God wants to do and people can look and see God because of the way you're trusting him as you walk through it. Kelly and I have a song that we had many years ago that we love so much. There's a verse in the song that says, when you cannot see his hand, trust his heart. We wish we could see God's hand more in the favor in her physical body right now. But we trust God's heart. And, and, and the Spirit has revealed God's heart to us. And it is a heart that's filled with love for us and filled with the best for us. And we know that. And we trust that.
to the Holy Spirit helps me to know myself more accurately so that I can know God more perfectly. And here's the final thing. The Holy Spirit helps me to face my future more confidently. When we know ourselves more accurately and we know God more perfectly, we then can face our future more confidently. Verse number 16. Here's how Paul ends his thoughts in this particular chapter. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. Now of all of the things that we've talked about in this series, of all the good gifts that God has given us by his spirit, there is one as we close this morning I do not want you to miss because it could be the most significant one. The Holy Spirit helps us to engage the mind of Christ in our life. This, this is really profound, friends. And I don't want you to miss this. Something happened at new birth for you. When, you. when you give your life to Jesus, in that moment, you're given so much more than new life. You're given a new mind. You're given access to a new mind, another mind. A mind that you've never had before. A mind that is not of the flesh. It's not a carnal mind. It's not a worldly mind. At new birth, you get access to a new mind. You get access to the mind of Christ. Now, this does not mean that you automatically think like Jesus in everything you do, okay? How many of you remember the old uh, wristbands and the t-shirts and the bumper stickers that, that had four letters, WWJD? How many of you remember WWJD, okay? What would Jesus do? You know what I like so much better? WWJT. What would Jesus think? And our kids are coming in right now to be a part of this baptism this morning that we're about to have. So we welcome them as they come and join us. What would Jesus think? Listen, we cannot become spiritual without thinking spiritually. And we do not think spiritually without the help of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that enables me to look at my circumstances and think like Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that helps me look at my limits and think like Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that, look, that helps me in my garden experience facing a cross to look and think like Christ. We don't do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit at work with us who knows the mind of God and who knows and gives us access to the mind of Christ that is helping us. Listen, I don't know God's thoughts. I don't know them, but the Holy Spirit does. I don't perfectly know God's will for my future and my life but the Holy Spirit does. I don't know how God will answer all of my prayers, but the Holy Spirit does. 
I don't know what my life will look like when I step into tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit has already been there and is walking with me as my strength, as my comfort, as my intercessor, as my helper is gonna walk with me into it. And because of that, I have a tremendous opportunity to look at those situations with and through the mind of Christ. So many of us in our lives fail to take advantage of the X factor. We, we fail to use what Jesus said was our advantage. Uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to say we're taking advantage of the Holy Spirit. He is there for our advantage. And yet how many of us fail to do it? To actually put his advantage to work in our lives. As we close out this series, X Factor, and we move into a baptism this morning, let me leave you with two final scriptures by way of encouragement to move us into action as we move from this series into our future. First one is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, the promptings. The Holy Spirit is always nudging us, giving us a sense of his direction, if we'll pay attention. And then Paul writes this in Galatians chapter five, verse number 25, he says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Since we are living, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, let us then follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This, the X factor, is not a church thing. It is not a Sunday morning gathering thing. The Holy Spirit of God is an everyday, every step, moment by moment experience where we can know we have the Holy Spirit as our helper. He is with us, he is for us, and he is working through us. And this morning, whenever we have the opportunity to baptize someone who is then taking a step to follow the Lord's leading in every part of their lives, we know it's the Holy Spirit at work. And we celebrate the work that God is doing in our children's ministry, among our kids. And so this morning, we wanna celebrate this baptism with this family. Before we do, let us pray together. Father, we need your X factor more than we ever have before. We need the helper. I thank you for all of the things that you have shown us, that you are revealing to us, the things that you've already searched out and you know, and now you're showing them to us so that we can see ourselves accurately and we can know God more perfectly. Help us to face our future, God, with confidence because we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit who has given us access to the mind of Christ. So let our minds align with the mind of Jesus in all that we do, in all that we think, and in all that we say. I pray, Lord, that the meditations of our heart, the thoughts of our mind, 
the words of our mouth will be pleasing and acceptable to you. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.